Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to this very special edition of Atlanta Business Radio. It's time for Customer Experience Radio, brought to you by our good friends at Heineken Company. Now here's your host, Jill Heineck. Good morning, and welcome to Customer Experience Radio. I am here with Mike Gomes and Brian Erickson of Cortland Partners, and I'm very excited because we are going to be talking to an official customer experience officer in a company. Um, so <laughs> let's get started. Um, so I have here Mike Gomes, um, and he is, well, he is Cortland's and the multi multifamily real estate industry's first ever chief experience officer. In his role as CXO, Mike oversees marketing communications, design, architecture, interior design, and product design, and innovation teams. And he works across all of Cortland to align the entire organization around a forward-thinking resident and community experience. Brian Erickson is the Vice President of Marketing Insights and Technology for Cortland, and he works to develop a deep understanding of who Cortland's residents are and what makes them love their living experience. He previously spent eight years in global loyalty program development at IHG, and including a two-year assignment in Bangkok, Thailand. Thanks, guys, for coming. We appreciate it. Good morning. <laughs> Great to be here. So let's start just with a basic question on how you define experience in the apartment industry. Um, particularly in 2019. So who wants to start? So I, th I think broadly from a experience standpoint, it's a combination of the products that you offer. So in our case, the physical product that we offer, both the community itself of apartments as well as the, the apartment home that you've chosen to live in. The service and services you deliver, So and I make those two distinctions, service being a customer service and services being those other types of things we do to help making your living experience uh, easy. But how do we do it in a way that actually causes you to really want to connect to your apartment as a home and not just four walls and a roof. And that's historically how this industry has been treated, which is where we see a big opportunity for Cortland to differentiate ourselves because the residents really care and feel cared for in the, the place that they call home. Well, I think that's in a fantastic definition. Do you have anything to add to that, Brian, from your perspective? No, I mean, clearly it is that mix mm -hmm. of the physical and the service. And I think you know, we as a company are very proud of the really unique and innovative design that we bring to our apartments. Um, and consistently in all the research we do, our prospects, the people that are coming and shopping our apartments, tell us how impressed they are by that and that, you know, it really makes an amazing first impression. Um, we know that that matters a lot during that initial decision process, the physical product, the gorgeous pools, all the good stuff. But as we look at surveys throughout the rest of the resident life cycle, um, not that that doesn't r remain important, but really the service becomes paramount. And as we look at the research towards the end of a lease term, it is really that experience, the customer service, the problem resolution from the management team. Those are the things that really make or break the overall experience and ultimately are the drivers of whether or not people decide to renew and continue living with us for two or three years. Right. So they want to have a beautiful space. But they also want to know that they can make a phone call or walk downstairs or to the uh, management office and be addressed as soon as possible, right? So it could be as easy as a text or a call or an email or a walk-in. That's part of the experience, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so for your feedback from perspectives, what are they comparing your product to? Are you getting that kind of information where they're com what experiences are they coming from? Where, where are those opportunities for Cortland? You know, what's, uh, what's interesting is I first, I've only been in the multifamily space, the apartment space, for about 15 months or so. And one of the things that I noticed is the industry still sells itself on the what and not on the how it's going to make the resident feel. So, unfortunately, that prospect has a very limited window of time to try to assess the what. Oh, you have a pool, you have a fitness center, you have granite countertops, you have a stainless steel appliances. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? So really does everybody else. And although 
I 100% agree with Brian that we do believe that we have an intentional design that does elevate our physical experience. Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to convince the rest of our organization is that the subconscious triggers that that prospect is making on the landscaping and the other cars that are in the parking lot and the cleanliness and the security gate, all of those types of things are contributing to, do I feel like this is the right place for me to call home Mm -hmm. for some period of time. Yet the industry doesn't market itself that Mm -hmm. way. It markets on the what, and we really want to pivot and try to help our prospective residents very quickly gain a level of confidence that I'm going to be cared for here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody's got the pool and everybody's got the fitness center. And at the end of the day, they're better on the margins Mm -hmm. on one or the other. We really want you to feel comfortable that you're going to feel cared for and that you've made the right decision because it's not an inexpensive decision to spend $15,000, $20,000 a year Mm -hmm. on where you're choosing to live. And you're doing so in often a very compressed period of time trying to figure out where you're going to live next. Are you seeing um, any differential like notes or responses or feedback from residents in the different submarkets that Cortland's currently in are there are they all wanting the same types of things or is it you know is it regional is are there specific experiences depending on where they are in the country that they want or is everyone just basically want the same thing they want to pay you know that what they want is beyond what they're paying for <laughs> yeah i think um it's a great question i'm not sure and brian's got a lot closer of view into the data but from a geographic standpoint because we mostly play in what we call the smile states mm-hmm. you know so we're in those high growth cities both population growth and job growth mm-hmm. that are often in the sun right so orlando tampa atlanta dallas houston austin charlotte raleigh denver phoenix all high growth wow Wow. <laughs> he said co- that a lot. Oh, and seriously, in Columbus, Ohio, uh, which, well, which was funny. You know, we kind of got into that market by mistake. Through mm-hmm. an acquisition, we acquired a couple of communities and then quickly realized Columbus is almost recession proof. Mm-hmm. When you put the government, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of headquarters and you put a large university, two things that never contract, you, you're continuing to see the growth in a market like Columbus. So that's been surprisingly uh, good for us. And I would argue our Columbus market product doesn't really look like most of our, uh, mm-hmm. the, our other product. But for the 160 or so communities that we have, the amenity packages are largely the same. Okay. Landscaping will clearly be different right. you know, due to the native um, plant types, et cetera, mm-hmm. and, and the climate. But for the most part, if you're a 28-year-old living in Houston, mm-hmm. there's a good possibility you're going to relocate to Austin right. or Atlanta or Phoenix right. at some point, and the level of expectations are roughly the same. Remember, these are all states where people are moving from other locations. Of as course. Well. So yeah. So I was going to ask. You know, there that's that retention. Like we had a great experience in Atlanta, so we're move, we're getting relocated to Houston. So are people moving? You know, intra Cortland wise, intra property wise, because of their experience with y'all. Th- th- that is certainly the vision, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and we do know that is happening on uh, on, on a meaningful but limited basis. Mm-hmm. It, it's partially just a matter of uh, of geographic spread. And even if someone happens to be moving from Atlanta, they're in a Cortland apartment and they're moving to somewhere in the Dallas Fort Worth area. It turns out Dallas Fort Worth is a really really large mm-hmm. metroplex, right? Mm-hmm. So even if they love their Cortland experience and would love to replicate that in Dallas. The, the chances of us having a property within 10 or 15 minutes of where they specifically want to be in, mm-hmm. in Dallas are, you know, decent, but not great. Okay. That, that's important. So one of the other pieces that we recognized is that although we are a B2C industry, mm-hmm. the level of brands that you can name unaided mm-hmm. are almost zero. And mm-hmm. we know that statistically because when we asked apartment uh, dwellers mm-hmm. – who is your apartment manager? The number one answer was none of the above. Mm-hmm. Like I can't name any company mm-hmm. because the level of naming paradigm in this space. Imagine if every single Hilton was called something else every city you went to right. in order to be local to that geography. Well, that for whatever reason has been the historical naming paradigm. We very much want to establish a brand 
not just from an awareness perspective, but then as the consumer does a little bit more research and realizes, wow, your reputation is great. Your reviews online are great. You right. really do deliver a level of service that borders on true hospitality and mm-hmm. not just customer service. Then we can create a level of, I want to seek out Cortland. I would bet today that people who are living in Cortland communities in Atlanta have no idea that we own Upwards of 30 in Dallas, Fort Worth, and another 20 plus in Houston. (laughs) So when Brian says that's the vision, we want to make sure that people understand this is Cortland standard regardless Mm -hmm. of where you live in the country. So if you are relocating, our job is to help educate you that if you loved it here, let us help facilitate you getting to where the right place is for you to live in Houston. And actually not just introduce them to those communities, but how can we help bridge the gap and make that move, which is a traumatic, often anxiety-ridden experience, smooth and easy, while Cortland's doing things that nobody else would consider doing to help me facilitate the next phase of my life. So what would that look like? Well, we don't know. I mean, Brian said it's the vision, right? So it doesn't necessarily have a, a, a concrete plan to it. Right. But let's just talk a single market mm-hmm. like, like Dallas, Fort mm-hmm. Worth. Later this year, we project that we very possibly are going to be the largest homeowner in mm-hmm. Dallas, Fort Worth with twelve to 14,000 plus apartment homes. Mm-hmm. We've done some analysis that indicates that we probably have a community that is 20 minutes or less from every single major employer in Dallas, Fort Worth. So here in Atlanta, as you think of the difference between, well, I was living in Roswell, but mm-hmm. now I got a job in Smyrna or right. now I got a job you know, in Midtown. The commute is going to dictate because mm-hmm. it becomes a major drain on your lifestyle right. where you may want to live. Our ability to help say no matter where you want to move in the Atlanta area, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, mm-hmm. we have you covered. The thing is, is that the industry is set up to treat every individual community as an individual community, which means it's marketed as an individual right. community. It's sold as an individual mm-hmm. community. We want to build a regional presence that helps as people go from 25 to 28 to 30 move through those life stages. We're at a three decades low home ownership mm-hmm. right now for people in their 20s mm-hmm. and 30s. You smile at me because Trust I know me, your I background. Know. <laughs> so there are folks that are making decisions to live in apartments both because they have to, but now also by choice. So how do we make sure that we facilitate that we're the brand that's top of mind that helps you understand that no matter where I want to move in DFW or Atlanta, we've got a community that's right for you. So how are you doing this in Atlanta? How are we how are you getting that kind of word out that Cortland is the experience that Atlanta apartment dwellers should be looking for or should at least, you know, look at Cortland when they're looking at other things, too, to see, you know, how to differentiate the experience. So let me start by at least getting people to understand who, what Cortland is. Mm-hmm. So remember, I mentioned the naming paradigm is different mm-hmm. wherever you go. We have, through the course of probably since October until about now, started renaming all of our communities with Cortland as the prominent brand name. I've seen. Cortland at the Battery Atlanta, <laughs> Cortland at Phipps Plaza, mm-hmm. Cortland North Brookhaven, right. Cortland Decatur East. Um, 3131, Cortland yesterday. 3131, <laughs> which is over in Decatur as well. Mm-hmm. So continuing that as you drive around town, you keep seeing Decatur. Mm-hmm. I mean, you keep seeing Cortland in Decatur <laughs> uh, and in other areas, both inside and outside mm-hmm. the core city. Um what will start to happen is a lot of people don't even know who their manager is when they live in a given community. Now you go, oh, my sister lived in a Cortland community. She loved it. My cousin lived there. My work colleagues lived there. So you'll just start to build that. What we're also doing, which most companies really haven't done either, is a general brand awareness campaign not tied to our product, now leasing two bedrooms, mm-hmm. but instead challenging people to elevate their expectations. That's actually mm-hmm. the campaign slogan. We are above and beyond apartment living, and you as a consumer should elevate your expectations. So we have an outdoor campaign across all of our core markets outside Mm -hmm. of the core city of Atlanta. And because of our relationship with the Braves Mm -hmm. by uh, owning the apartments, Cortland at the Battery Atlanta, we also have a sponsorship with the Braves as well. That may sound basic, but that is not traditional in the multifamily space to do these types of broad branding campaigns. But when you own over 10,000 apartment homes – in the Atlanta market, you have an opportunity to elevate the brand and elevate your awareness. And Brian can then talk about how awareness with a bad reputation, (laughs) I'd rather not have any awareness, but awareness with a really good reputation is let's lean into that and own that. And Brian has overseen that strategy and I'm very proud of where Cortland's reputation stands as well. 
Let's talk about that, Brian. Absolutely. <laughs> so there is a, a prominent vendor in the apartment multifamily space called Jay Turner mm-hmm. that does uh, uh, keeps track of a score based on online reputation called mm-hmm. Online Reputation Assessment, or ORA. And this has really become one of the primary benchmarks and metrics by which companies in the space compare each other in mm-hmm. terms of what what their residents are saying about them in in the broader you know internet universe um, and so it's a you know complicated algorithm that basically scores every community from zero to a hundred based on its Google reviews and its reviews on Yelp and all those other platforms we know about um, so we are are very proud of the progress we've made in those rankings over the last four years uh, where we started out as the tenth highest management company in the country in terms of our online rep. And as of last month, we had improved that to third. So we are now the number three company of all the top management companies for our overall impression that we're making to prospects um, out there when they're shopping for apartments. That's in the country, not that, just in Atlanta. That's that's fantastic. Fantastic. That is in the country. So as a chief experience officer, mm-hmm. having to come in and transform a culture to focus on customer experience is hard. I bet. I walked into a company that is very much wired. As he mentioned, mm-hmm. we were already 10th a few years ago. Right. It's not as if we're starting from flat on the ground. Right. This is now about synthesizing all of those individual things that we do well and really now starting to make sure that the prospective consumer is aware of it and the resident truly feels it right. so that we can then continue to create year-over-year growth from a brand awareness perspective that people now start to seek us out as the preferred apartment community that that you want to be able to aspire to live in. Right. So you mentioned a little bit uh, earlier that, you know, it's primarily B2C business. Are there any um, B2B opportunities that you're seeking out, for example, you know, for corporate relocation executives or corporate or temporary housing kind of opportunities, or you just focus mainly on the consumer or the resident who's just going to have a 12-month and then renew, renew, renew? Um, We certainly look at those opportunities, but I would say they're more opportunistic than they are strategic for us. So we typically will locate our communities in uh, near employer hubs. So as a result, forming a relationship with Toyota in Houston Mm -hmm. or forming a relationship with other employers like ThyssenKrupp when they come into Mm -hmm. the battery and Comcast are natural extensions to just reach out to the local neighbors because as more and more people want to reduce their commute, finding nearby hospitals, et cetera, forms an easy partnership. But the notion of corporate relocations or short-term rentals, Mm -hmm. other business opportunities that are happening in the apartment space, Mm -hmm. we haven't found a need to chase those alternative business models because our existing business is very strong with very strong occupancy. Got it. So our main main B2B efforts, quite frankly, are on broadening our relationships in the investor community. Mm -hmm. So the way in which our business works is Cortland is the overall developer and manager of these various spaces, but we bring in capital from institutional investors, Mm -hmm. and we've had a wonderful um, track record of success in the last decade. But as Cortland now wants to continue to grow, we just cracked top 20 of overall in terms of size in the country mm-hmm. of number of people, num- number of apartment homes that we own. Right. Our goal is to keep growing. We'd love to get into number into the top 10 in the next year or so. As such, needing to continue to attract capital, whether that's domestic capital or international right. capital. And too many people go, I've never even heard of Cortland. So we're trying to help our investor relations group broaden the Cortland brand for everything from the endowment funds of universities to family offices of wealthy individuals to pension funds around the country as opposed to your very traditional New York capital infrastructure. Right. Wow. So there is a big, there's a huge path for growth here. And you have a lot of opportunity with the resident experience. Um, we, we think that is. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I give, the reason I joined the company, and we didn't talk about my background at all, but um, I'm in what I will call the least sexiest space that I've been in, but potentially <laughs> the most important. Right. So I did have a lot of people look at me when I left. I worked at Disney for 20 years in the parks division, right? And right. if you're going to learn about customer experience, Absolutely. it's an unbelievable training ground. Exactly. And even though I might not have been purposefully trying to learn about customer right. experience, the osmosis. You don't have a choice. That happens really. from everybody around you. <laughs> right. Well, then I left Disney for a wonderful opportunity to help build Mercedes-Benz Stadium mm-hmm. and to come work for Arthur mm-hmm. Blank. Mm-hmm. Similarly, Arthur's background with the Home Depot, mm-hmm. very customer service oriented, right. meant 
I wasn't going in trying to transform that organization more than to try to help Arthur achieve the vision for the stadium that he had set forth where he wanted to do things differently than had been done traditionally in sports. So how to program that stadium with a level of fan experiences, amenities, services that help to lift the overall experience because it's got to be the only industry I can think of where you don't have control over the product. Right. The football team loses. Right. The football team wins. Right. You have no control over That's an right. injury, a weird bounce, a right. bad call, right. or what have you. So, um, so you still need to make sure that the experience is good, regardless of the outcome. And you know, we see that certainly with Atlanta United. Those Falcons fans, you know, continue to wear their uh, heart a little close to their uh, <laughs> sleeve in that case and get a little bit more upset. Um, United's still in that honeymoon phase, having right. won the MLS Cup already right. Right, right in its second year. So after the stadium's built, um, I happened to get a, a note about this chief experience officer role. And Stephen DeFrancis is the CEO and founder. Mm-hmm. And Stephen was um, uh, so uh, focused that this industry has not moved in 10 to 15 years. Look at the hotel industry Mm -hmm. and where it has moved from a bed and walls to all of the amenities Mm -hmm. and services, Wi-Fi and free breakfast Mm -hmm. and free parking and free shuttle and and on and on. Where's free parking? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me where that is. (laughs) Uh, Not in the city, that's for sure. But they realized they've had to compete on some of these different pieces and then realized, wait, we can't just compete on the what. We have right. to go compete on why our experience staying with us is better or different than what you could get down the street in a very commoditized market where you just open Hotels.com and see the price of everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, we're a commoditized market as well from a product standpoint. There's a lot of great developers out there. There's a lot of great product. But I was very intrigued because I went from working in what I'll call entertainment space, mm-hmm. which is uber fun, mm-hmm. to choice where people choose to live. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure I could get closer to the core right. of, of making an impact or trying to help Cortland make an impact in that regard. So I so believed in the growth of the company. I so believed in Steven's vision uh, for the company that, uh, and the talent that we have is amazing and the culture we have is amazing. And as a result, if you can take a great culture and help the consumer, your consumer see it, then it's easy Quite frankly, to deliver a great experience when your culture is great. Well, that's, that's the what hard makes part. Disney as good as it does. Well, as that's it is. right. And but the hard part with your job and with anyone and your roles is getting your internal teams on board and understanding why this connects so much with the end goal and why the nine to five, everything they do every day needs to be an impact towards the goal. Right. And I think that is what a lot of companies struggle with when they're in the space, in the experience space versus customer service. Right. Because you're really trying to get the customer to feel cared for. And then that's that's what you the words you use. So um, but when the CEO yeah. Is declaring that this is important, right. and he's making it one of the core objectives of the company. Mm-hmm. That even though he may not be able to specifically articulate exactly what he thinks the end experience may be, right. he's made it clear to everybody that this is a very important um, area of focus and where we will differentiate. Especially if we hit a down cycle economically, mm-hmm. where we will stand out as continuing to be the brand that you want to that you want to choose as your place to live. Um, I have not worked for a company where I've had to push the rock up the hill. Disney mm-hmm. starts that every single day, right. and Arthur made it very clear as well. Right. So the fact that Stephen has been so committed has brought rest of the organization around. Now it's about Brian and me and others articulating what the vision is and tying it to business results. That's probably our biggest challenge. That's hard. Is how to mm. tie the extraordinary customer satisfaction scores we may achieve right. or the online reputation mm-hmm. and be able to tease it out to say these variables can be isolated to say here's how you get how, how it's driving bottom line value. Wow. So how are we doing that, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to know the answer to this. <laughs> uh, Going to get back to you in that next quarter. <laughs> no, I mean, we, uh, like I said, we, we have a, a very extensive uh, customer and resident satisfaction program. Right. Uh, we had over 60,000 completed surveys last year. So we do a lot of analysis, uh, both to understand the, the patterns, you know, what is ultimately driving resident satisfaction. But to Mike's point, what is 
really making a difference where the rubber hits the road, which mm-hmm. is whether or not people actually renew. Um, so we have done a lot of research on that mm. and looked at a you know individual resident level, trying to understand what three or four factors in our surveys mm-hmm. are most correlated to their actual renewal outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also at a at a community at an individual business level, trying to understand you know the communities that perform really well on this metric or that metric. Right. You know how how does their overall renewal rate compare to the rest of our portfolio? Right. Um, and and again, it it circles back to a lot of the, the the very simple, very basic customer service stuff that applies across almost all industries. Right. You know, so it's it's the question about the overall customer service you receive from the team. It's problem resolution. It's communication from management. Yes. That those are the things that yes. really differentiate the the top tier, the top renewing communities from. And, and frankly, we don't have a lot of bottom tier communities. They're right. just you know sort of closer to average. Right. Um, but you know, in in terms of pushing that and really infusing that through the culture, you know, we we as a company talk about surveys and survey results all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the communities are getting alerts every morning about new new surveys that came in. Right. Um, they're reaching out to us with questions about them all the time. And you know, Mike and I have done a bit of a, a world tour over the last six months, I guess. Um, going around to each of our markets and presenting to the community managers, talking about reinforcing why why all this matters and why the experience at the end of the day, we believe, is what's really going to take us to the next level. It's as much and maybe more inspiration than it is, here's your toolkit. Right. We'll let the training and development teams help build the toolkits. We want to get them inspired mm-hmm. and then be able to use some level of metrics as a backup to help validate, this is why we're telling you this is important. Um, and so far, we've been successful in terms of, but we'll probably be every six months just continuing to move around the country to make sure we're meeting with those teams. A lot of people tend to think that operations is customer experience, mm-hmm. and our operations has a significant role in that. Right. Um, so we want to make sure that that notion of I feel cared for as a resident is only going to come through because of that interaction they right. have. But we've been spending as much time in the rest of the company helping make sure those folks who may not touch the customer directly recognize decisions that you're making. We have our own construction team. We have our own design team. We have our own investments and finance group. Oftentimes, if you don't touch the customer, you don't necessarily think or you're blind to how your right. role impacts That's right. And at Disney... We used to call it roll in the show. I don't care if you worked in the laundry facility and never touched a customer. Your knowledge of what you were doing and the, the integrity of the cleanliness of those towels mm-hmm. and sheets and, and costumes that were coming out of your laundry facility because you knew how you were contributing to the guest experience. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do that in a company. Mm-hmm. So we've been spending some time trying to help make sure the rest of these folks – who only think of their job task, mm-hmm. recognize they do things that help either set operations up for success right. or or not. Um, that will continue to allow us to be better than who we may have been, you know, a couple of years ago. Well, you talked a little bit about problem resolution, and that in most businesses is where as you said, rubber hits the road. I think that's where people will say, you know, we know things most most customers will say, we know it's not going to be 100% smooth in all my transactions, you know, anything that I do or buy or whatever. Um, but it's how we respond to any issues that's going to make the difference in getting a five score or a 10 score, let's say, on a survey. So what things are you um, sharing or hearing from your teams on the ground that are customer facing, what things are they doing um, at the property levels that are kind of, you know, wowing the resident um, at that level? Do you have any kind of um, research or feedback on that? Or is there anything specific they're doing to kind of um, give them that wow experience, even if it's like feels like a disaster to the resident? (laughs) Well, so there's a couple of different questions in there. The first one started around this notion of service recovery, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the way in which we're organized is we have regional directors of operations who have their region. So they own Florida. They own uh, Carolina, for instance, for Charlotte and Raleigh. If an issue ever gets beyond that individual community manager where the community manager, for whatever reason, wasn't responsive, they didn't like the response, and they escalate the issue – Our DOs, as we call them, our directors of operations, are so quick to engage directly to not only um, 
earn back the trust, but when you do it super well, right, then you get somebody who says, wow, I've lived in a lot of apartments. I've never had an executive call me as quickly as they did, show genuine care and empathy for my, what I've been going through, and now jump in and resolve it, and oh my goodness, and they also, you know, took me, they gave me food, food for lunch, whatever it may be, those little things. So that's one. The surprise and delight side of it mm-hmm. is a little different, mm-hmm. right? At Disney, we call those magical moments, and we had a very actually planned strategy to distribute the notion of coming up with magical moments moments all the way out to the edge. Mm-hmm. Each individual team was challenged daily to go create a magical moment. They're a little easier to create when you've got kids in a theme park. <laughs> when you're at Disney. Yeah. <laughs> when you're at Disney, right? It, it becomes... Um, you know, oh, let's put this girl at the very front of the line and she gets to cut the ribbon to open Magic Kingdom today and there's pictures and cameras and all that kind of thing. Countless of those happened. Well, the way in which our credo of our company is, where we do believe that the details matter, we do believe uh, in this notion of everyday delight and this this notion of hospitality, but we we have preached for years that every moment and every opportunity is provide you an opportunity to go beyond. Mm-hmm. So our language, we call these go beyond moments. Mm-hmm. And where Disney's got a storytelling culture, which then self-perpetuates, mm-hmm. and you start sharing these all across the company. It gives you senses of pride. Sometimes it's tear-jerking, right? Well, we got one the other day from, and I don't even remember which community, Brian. This was in the rain. Somebody came out, and their car had a flat tire, and one of our maintenance guys came out in the rain with a bike pump mm-hmm. to give them a temporary pump to get their tire to a point so they could go get to a service shop. And they, they wrote to us, like, who does that? That this guy purposely came out in the rain. I didn't see him and flag him down, and he ignored me. Mm-hmm. He came out from a place I hadn't seen <laughs> to help rescue me in this moment of need. Wow, Cortland is great. We make a point to share those go-beyond moments. So our storytelling culture is in its nascency. Mm-hmm. But we do expect that more of these will start to move their way up and become legend, legendary stories within, uh, you know, within Cortland. I love the fact that you're empowering your DOs, as you say, to be able to make these decisions to, again, wow and surprise and delight the resident. We recently had Hort Chelsea in here who co-founded the Ritz-Carlton, and and he just published a book. And one of the things that he had done with his front desk staff was that they had a budget of up to $2,000, and if... You know, they could use that in any way that they saw fit without having to check in to just go beyond and make sure to either have to correct or take care of a customer um, or guest in that way. So I think that the hospitality aspect that Cortland is is putting out there is, I think, a huge differentiator. Cortland, uh, we, we do not have a formal program in that regard, right? The $2,000 notion. This is a little bit Your more... Your concept is there. Correct. And yeah. I, I'll tie it directly to our core values. Mm-hmm. So a lot of companies' core values are integrity, respect, diversity, right. trust, right. honesty. Well, no kidding, right? right. That's kind of how we're supposed to operate anyway. our day-to-day lives. Right. Cortland's uh, values are uniquely structured. One of them is called do the right thing for the right reason. Mm-hmm. That is constantly in the heads of all of our folks that just say, do the right thing for the right reason. We don't have to escalate through five channels of hierarchy to try to determine, can we do this or not? Just do the right thing for the right reason. If you went too far, we'll coach you. Mm -hmm. We're not going to yell at you. We're not going to punish you. We want to make sure that if your intent was true and your intent was right, we need to empower. When you have what is now probably pushing over 80,000 people who call Cortland home, and we're in a variety of markets in different time zones, you can't have Atlanta making the decisions. Mm -hmm. In that servant leadership model where Stephen is literally at the bottom, and our jobs are to help facilitate success to the community and regional teams who can then day-to-day handle the interactions with a true feeling of empowerment because they do the right things for the right reason, then we know we'll be in a good position. Because it's not going to come from the top down of us trying to continue to uh, uh, to try to make decisions on all of these individual instances. No, because top is not customer facing. That's right. And there's no way to take care of them if you're floating at the top. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the the and that's the point yeah. is right. We're not at the top. We're at the bottom. Right. If you truly believe in that servant leader right. model, our job is we support everybody else whose eventual goal is the customer, and the customer is at the top. It sounds trite, 
and sounds almost not ridiculous. But that's not how this or, this industry is wired. A lot yeah. of the industry puts the investor in the center. If you keep the investor happy, right. all things are good. And I'm like, no, you keep the resident happy. They're the ones that are paying the rents right. and paying the bills, then the investors become But happy. you also have your internal customer, which you're treating as your um, your team. So you're giving, you're empowering the internal customer. You're giving them the tools they need in order to be, have the tools to, to, to help the customer, uh, the external customer, right? So that's... We spend a lot that's of effort you're doing. on continue to curate right. intentionally the culture. Mm-hmm. You cannot deliver... A great guest experience, customer experience, resident experience, fan experience. If you don't have an equally great experience for your right. staff, in our words, our associates. Exactly. Disney's model was simple. Inspired, engaged leadership. Not management, leadership. Mm-hmm. You manage tasks, you lead people. Right. Will create a staff of cast members who are inspired and engaged to delight every day. They will create happy, delighted customers. Right. Then your business results happen. Right. Most people start with, here's the pro forma and the business results. How do we get there? Right. It sounds simplistic, but that was very much the companies I've been a part of have all believed in that model. And it's worked. It has. And it's been very successful. Um, so our uh, the partner company that I work with is Keller Williams Realty. And Gary Keller, he's always had the servant leadership mindset. So when he brings on... Uh, agent partners, that's the idea. What tool, what things can we do to help you, you know, be successful in your business and then therefore serve the customer and have all the tools you need to be problem solvers and whatever, things of that nature. So I love hearing that there is, <laughs> there are other companies out there that are, th- they're turning the models on their, you know, on their backsides basically and showing that, that the, the top is there to lead you in your path to help us get to that final goal. Just to quickly jump in on the the problem resolution topic in general, you know, uh, one of the things that we have introduced, I guess about two years ago now, to really communicate and and, uh, publicly share that promise that we are going to be there to resolve your problems is through a service guarantee. So we are, from everything we've seen, we have the, the very best and strongest service guarantee in the industry that for any routine maintenance problem that you may have in your apartment, mm-hmm. we will solve that problem for you in 48 hours. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our competitors have this sort of fuzzy guarantee that they'll uh, they'll respond to your problem. So they'll drop by and say, yeah, your sink's leaking. Um, but we're, we're really proud and we've Thanks done, for telling me. Yeah. I just <laughs> called you about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've... <laughs> Across the company, we've done a really amazing job of delivering on that guarantee and and ensuring people's problems are solved within 48 hours, no matter whether it's, you know, the middle of the night on a Saturday or any other time during the week. Um, And I think that is something that's really resonated with a lot of our residents and our prospects as a, a clear, tangible promise of the level of commitment that we're going to have to them. And about 90 Nine zero percent of our service requests, inbound service requests, are resolved in 24 hours or less. Imagine calling saying, I've got an issue with my dishwasher, and by the time you come home from work, it's fixed, right? I love so that. We want to continue. <laughs> Great companies set the bar themselves. Right. They don't wait and say, oh, the competition's doing this. Let's move. Right. So in order for us to try to help facilitate that, we're the only ones in the industry who took a giant tractor trailer. Uh, We call it our mobile training unit, and it's all got Cortland branding Mm -hmm. on the side. But the entirety of the guts of that trailer are all of the systems, plumbing systems, electrical systems, AAC systems that you might interact with. Mm -hmm. So you can get hands-on training, not just video training, hands-on training of how to fix that. Because if we want to aspire to that guarantee and then don't give our associates the tools Mm -hmm. to be able to be super effective in that, then we have a promise without a fulfillment behind it. And then, although it's 48 hours, as I mentioned, we're internally setting the bars. We want it to be 24 hours. And if you can't fix it in 24 hours, why? So now here's the next challenge that we go to. I said, that's great. But that's still, if your AC goes out in Dallas Hmm. or in Atlanta this weekend Mm -hmm. when it's 91, Mm -hmm. 48 hours is interminable. Yes. So I said, great companies will move from service recovery to what we had coined at Disney as service discovery. Mm -hmm. If I know you as an individual, I can anticipate your needs. This is all about the personalization and customization. of, And that's easier when you're coming to my hotels over and over Mm -hmm. again, and I've built a profile. And I know the pillow type you want and the drinks to put in your fridge, et cetera. That's awesome. I'm discovering your needs before you've ever really explicitly articulated them. In the mechanical world, 
the ability to use Internet of Things right. as an opportunity to understand that AC unit seems to be running hot. Maybe it's because you keep the temperature at 62. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it's got low Freon. Mm-hmm. That's maybe the extent of what I know about AC. <laughs> so something is wrong with it enough. So where maintenance became reactive, mm-hmm. you call, I go. Right. It then moved to preventative, mm-hmm. which is schedule-based, mm-hmm. which is now I go there Every week, I'm going to hit 20 AC units. Mm-hmm. It's going to move to predictive. Mm-hmm. I can now understand that there may be an issue, and I should come check it out. That is service discovery. And you as a resident potentially never know. You never know Thank that there you. was an issue, and Thank we you. resolved it. When the old saying, right, when technology is at its best, right. it resembles magic. It just sits right. in the background. Right. Disney's had that adage since the day I walked in the door. So much technology. Our goal is not necessarily to have you see it, just experience it. So. Which is fantastic. Yeah. And that's what, a, that's what an, a, a, a resident wants. They want, they want to think about their life. They want to go to work. They want to come home. They want to walk the dog. They want to chill out. They want to sit on the couch and not worry about sweating <laughs> while they're eating dinner. <laughs> Nobody wants that. So I think that's fantastic. And you don't hear uh, people talking about this in the apartment world at all. I work... You know, on the periphery of that. And I think it's very hard to find high level, responsive apartment complexes for, particularly when I'm working in short term, but it sometimes goes to long term due to the inventory, the low inventory we're having right now. But we're finding that the management teams are not responsive or it's very slow. And we're talking five days without an AC. Ouch. Yeah. So we're talking now we're going to an Airbnb. Now we're going to a friend's house or colleague's house or things of that nature. So it's very refreshing. <laughs> and I'm not saying hear. we don't have issues, right? right. And, and of course, and that we just course. need to recover accordingly. Of course. But so far over the last few years, our ability to fulfill that promise has we've even exceeded our own expectations. And now right. we're going to continue to set the bar higher. We're even asking ourselves, what's it going to take us to get to a 24 hour maintenance guarantee? Right? Yes. Is that a lot more maintenance people? <laughs> um, ideally, it's a combination yeah. of smarter maintenance. How do you give them the tools to make them more efficient when mm-hmm. they're out in the field so that what might have taken them an hour and then have to go back and enter right. a bunch of data into a computer mm-hmm. to close out that ticket allows them to stay remote and go, hey, I just bought you back 30, 45 an hour of productivity a day right? as opposed to you getting in your little cart and driving back to HQ in the community and, and having to do the administrative part. Some In some cases, the tools aren't there, but right. we're trying to figure out more and better ways to help the effectiveness of the staff more than rather than just simply say we've got to add three more service personnel which you know is much more efficient obviously um so let's talk about um i think you've covered a lot of what i wanted to talk about with you but so one of the questions that you all had sent to me um how do you evangelize experience internally i think we've talked a lot about that so far where you're just empowering your teams um is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about how Cortland is really trying to um, bring bring that branding to their markets? What other markets are you expanding to? And I think we talked a little bit about that. Where else do you think you're going to go? And what can we expect from Cortland in the near future? Uh, so um, two comments there. W- one is, um, you know, with with respect to evangelizing internally. What I've done as kind of a almost an elite spokesperson kind of way of trying to inspire the organization is not look at our own industry. Now, you have a, a broadcast here that clearly has got folks from a variety of industries mm-hmm. listening. So the people listening probably already understand. So I use whether it's Starbucks or Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. right. or the Ritz right. or Disney, of course, or how Amazon is reinventing the game mm-hmm. Hourly, mm-hmm. seemingly. Right. I mean, what what they are doing to put pressure on everybody else, everyone across all fields. This notion of of lack of patience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because Amazon, if Amazon can now get you something in an hour, how come you can't respond to me? And I mean, mm-hmm. that 
subconsciously people are making those connections. So we're trying to look across other industries. And when I share these other industry stories, the light bulbs go off. Mm-hmm. People start to go, oh my God, that makes sense. How have we never done this in multifamily? Well, it's because it's a finance investor driven business, not a customer experience driven business. Right. right. The other piece when you mentioned markets is we had done an assessment prior to my joining about some international opportunities and where uh, we still have a long way to go here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You'd be shocked at where it is somewhere in other parts of the world. U.K. in particular and London was one market where we looked. It is still a non-centralized mm-hmm. landlord-tenant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've moved away from the word. You haven't heard us use the word tenant once. Mm-hmm. They are residents to us, mm-hmm. right? This is where they make their home. A tenant is got a, almost a lower expectation. The horror stories you hear of that plumbing mm-hmm. leak doesn't get fixed for seven weeks, eight weeks, Ever. And the moment you complain, you have no rights. So the moment you complain and leave, the housing supply is so short compared right. to the demand, someone else will move in. So we believe that if we can bring this American style, and I'm not saying we want to Americanize it, but all of the things we've had to learn in a hyper-competitive market mm-hmm. to compete around services and service – London hasn't seen anything like that. So we've established an office over there, and we're looking to try to continue to um, either acquire or build new communities where we can really say, you deserve better, England, than what you've had. We want you to elevate your expectations. The bar there, however, is just way lower than it is here in the U.S. So you're going to explode over there because the bar has not even been set. Well, (laughs) I I would... Yes, because of who Cortland is. However, um, it is a it's an amazingly complicated market. Mm-hmm. We've learned based on the complexities of each of the local towns right. who have their own planning boards. Right. Think of it as a homeowners association oh, yeah. for every little area, yeah. and they're so woefully short on housing. And then when you have got a great plan for housing, it's then like, well, we're not sure we want it in our backyard, right? <laughs> so, getting through those planners. So we 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 have folks that are UK born and bred that are part of our planning teams rather than we here in the US trying to do it they're the ones that are working the the ground game with the council folks and the local authorities to try to help make sure that what we're going to build is value added right. to their community right. and not just oh you just you know increase the density of our community of our neighborhood right. unnecessarily yeah. right and i mean i think one of the other things that we do a lot in my world is in terms of evangelizing is really doing it you know one community team one individual at a time um, and we, you know, have the benefit of both through the review, the uh, resident satisfaction program, as well as through all the online reviews we manage, of seeing primarily really, really positive comments and really, you know, passionate comments from some of our residents about the amazing things that their community teams do for them, like the, the story Mike told earlier about the tire. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, really, my team, whenever we see those really amazing examples come through, we make a point of broadcasting those to the world. Right. So, you know, sharing this great story from a community in Orlando with you know, everyone in Florida mm-hmm. to say, hey, look at this amazing thing that this leasing consultant or this mate, you know, service guy did um, in their community to go above and beyond. Um, and we, you know, in all the the research that we do, you know, we're tracking performance not just at a community level, but even, you know, really at an individual level. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, every quarter we give shout outs to the service techs, the technicians that had, you know, perfect or close to perfect scores on all of the resident feedback um, for that last quarter, which, I mean, is an amazing thing to be able to go in and fix that many people's, you know, sinks and lights and whatever else. It's huge. Yeah. And get perfect fives for the whole quarter. And, and then get bonus compensation associated with it. Well, that's good, right. too. You've you got to align your incentives. <laughs> right. If, if you Absolutely. say you want to be a customer experience company and then all of your incentives are aligned against financial targets right. or something or cost cutting or what have yeah, you. Yeah, no. Well, now you've got to... Mm-hmm. Incongruence between right. well, I hear what corporate says, but I now, but I'm being held accountable for something right. else. So that accountability does have a bottom line focus to it right. for sure, but it also has these online reviews and, and customer experience ratings are important. One last thing I wanted to ask you um, is from the um, experience perspective: Do you currently have a like? Does each community have, is there an app currently for residents? Because I'm thinking you're going in that direction. Okay. 
So in the first six weeks I was on the job, I got contacted by six because I got announced because of the right. uniqueness of the position. Right. Six different companies in six weeks pitching me a mobile app, none of which I actually thought were good. Mm-hmm. Not even okay. not great, just not good. Okay. Very incomplete solutions mm-hmm. as if there wasn't a clear problem they were trying to address, mm-hmm. right? There were a few that mm-hmm. had notions of stuff, but it wasn't well put together. I'm not a mobile app expert, mm-hmm. but I did help build my Disney vacation. Mm-hmm. I was the product owner of that. Okay. I built that All right. app experience for Walt mm-hmm. Disney World and the app experiences for the stadium, the Falcons, and Atlanta United. So what I at least knew is you've got to make sure you get the basics right, mm-hmm. the basic utility, before you give them the bells and whistles. Right. And we saw way too many that were bells and whistles. Right. And it said, well, can you pay rent through it? Well, no. What? Can I submit a maintenance request through it? Well, no. That requires integration with your back-end systems, and we don't have that. So I'm like, well, then we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. So here's where we are <laughs> presently. It's less about we need a mobile app than it is about us taking our next generation of service and services, all of these things that can make your life convenient, even if you have to pay for them. Mm-hmm. So everything from grocery delivery relationships mm-hmm. to dry cleaning and laundry relationships yes. to housekeeping relationships where you can yes. say, hey, you know what? I'm a busy millennial right. and I've got you know, travel I've got to do and mm-hmm. I've got work I've got to do. I'd rather pay whatever, $60 to have my apartment cleaned every couple of months. I have to get dry cleaning anyway. The fact you actually pick it up and drop it off at my door in 24 hours for the same price it would cost me to put it in my car and go somewhere to drop it Mm -hmm. off. So, But how to package those in Mm -hmm. a way where you now have a platform of which an app very possibly could be the platform for you to interact with not all the basic stuff, how to contact my front office staff, how to right. submit and track maintenance requests, how to be able to pay my rent. This how is to what be I'm able, thinking. How to be able to reserve storage. <laughs> right. Hey, I, I want a storage facility. Yes. I need a garage. I want to rent the clubhouse because I want to yes. throw a birthday party for my friend. Yes, all of that. To now this next generation of stuff of here are local discounts I get. Here are yes. all the services. Here are the moving services that help mm-hmm. me when I have to move. Mm-hmm. Furniture rental services. Right. Things where it's less about Cortland making any money off of that, quite frankly. It's about us bringing the third-party providers. Because yeah. if we do all those without a singular mm-hmm. platform, then I'm handing to you when you move in, here are 42 different th- services we offer. Choose which ones are interesting versus you come here and here's your collection of services that you can engage with to help make your life easy. Right. If we're not making your life easy, we're not uh, contributing valuably Besides, you've got a home. We want your home to be so convenient, so easy that you go, I'm a better person for living here because right. things my whole life is easier. Yes, and you're going to make my job so really hard because life. then they're not leaving Cortland to buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've actually talked about some strategies that lean into that. In other words, we know we've got a lot of folks that are in our communities that just because of who they are demographically, not, not that we have an over-index, that are probably sitting on student debt, mm-hmm. may not have great credit ratings, right. still might have a dream to own a home. What can we be doing through services we provide to help bolster their credit score, mm-hmm. to help them better manage? Mm-hmm. Not that we want to be in the debt management, but can no. we build partnerships that help them start to pay down that student debt so they yeah. can be financially free? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, they'll tell everybody, well, this competes with Cortland. I left Cortland to go move into a house, and Cortland actually helped me mm-hmm. facilitate that. Our goal isn't to try to get you to move in at age 25 and move out at age 60. <laughs> we know you're going to continue to grow and move right. and get new job and have kids and right. potentially own tran- home. It's a great experience during that transition is what you're – the impact. These are things yeah. we're looking to. I'm not right. saying we're doing these right. things, but it gives you an idea of how right. Cortland thinks differently. Right. And by the way, that's not an idea that comes, comes from me. Mm-hmm. That literally came from our CEO. Mike, let's figure out how to help them on their financial freedom where they can move out of an apartment, save some money, have the money for a down payment. So how to do that? Don't know. That's the challenge we're starting to look at. But it just gives you an idea of when you say, where is Cortland maybe going in the next two or three years? We want to give you the ability to go, everything I need is right here. They've really helped me improve my life, not just gave me a place to live. You guys are awesome. I loved our conversation today, Mike Gomes and Brian Erickson. Thank you so, so much for joining us this morning on Customer Experience Radio. And I thank you all, listeners, for joining us. We'll see you next time. 